Guys, I'm so excited to start today's episode. Um, first and foremost, final season is over, baby. I'm done my finals. And if you guys are still not done or you guys have completed them as well, congratulations. We're all scholars here and I'm so, so, so proud of you. Um, yeah, so let's just get into today's video or video episode. Um, I have a special guest with me today. Vince, what's up? Hi, everyone. Oh, my God, guys. This is, okay, crazy thing. I'm so, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how this is going to start, but we'll see how this goes. I This is, like, my first time recording with uh, someone other than, like, myself, obviously. So, yes, today I have a special guest, and it is Vince. Uh, if you don't know who Vince is, he is my boyfriend. We have been dating for uh, oh, a little bit over three years now. Um, and Vince, do you want to explain how we met? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, right from the start, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Me and Viv um, actually met on Tinder, which is kind of ironic. But um, yeah, we met on Tinder. Um, in, uh, in March break of, uh, 2019. 18. 2018. Oh, sorry. sorry. My bad. My bad. 2018. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yes, uh, I don't know how to elaborate more than that. Um, it's, uh, it's been great. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. all you need to know. Like, I feel like there's so many people who awesome. think exactly it's been it's been amazing and um, I feel like there's so many people who think like meeting on tinder or like just going on tinder is for you know like shits and giggles which of course you know you meet someone you dine and you dash like you do all that stuff but like when I met Vince or when we met each other, I feel like it was kind of like, uh, okay, why is this serious? And the more that we got into it, obviously, the more serious it got. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Like, there's not that many people that would say, yeah, I met my significant other on Tinder and they would actually last like three plus years. So I love him. We yeah. love each other. We're, we're vibing. V and V forever. Um, <laughs> so... If you guys don't know, um, I kind of li- made it like a little sneaky on my Instagram. Like I posted a picture of Vince and his car to introduce this week's topic. And if you haven't guessed, we will be talking about car culture, car scene, the automotive industry in total. I think it's something that should be talked about because it hasn't been really uh, talked about a lot or not a lot of people know about it and it's a, it's a very interesting um niche to get into so i'm super excited vince are you excited i'm really excited okay wonderful really, really. good um so yeah i i think we're, we're gonna do like a little introduction to vince so um vince i was actually gonna ask you like how did you start getting into the car industry car world because i feel like a lot of people if you are my friend or if you've seen me in public with vince the first thing that comes up to Vince is uh, the first thing that people come up to to us when they see each other is like they ask, oh, nice car, man. Or like, uh, uh, what kind of car is that? That's literally the first thing that anyone says to us whenever we're in public together. So, Vince, how did you get into the car world? Um, OK, well, this is a long story, but um... it's OK. We have time. We're, we're ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, ever since I'm born, um, I've been around cars, I've uh, been around bikes, I've been around been around a lot of um, auto sports or motorsports, um, you know, area or niche. And um, my dad's a mechanic, and um, he, uh, as soon as I, I was born, he put me in go-karting, and Go-karting. When I was around six or no, five, I started practicing when I was five. And, and then, then I started later on six to and um and then after that I kinda went away from go-kart. Went into dirt bikes and then 
and did that for about four or five years, dirt biking. And, um, and then by that time I got around my, my, my license and everything. So I started driving a lot more. So, um, then, um, then, yeah, then I started touching on cars. I, uh, um, I was a mechanic in the ship for four years. Um, and, yeah. and then I got really comfortable working on cars and everything. So then I started, uh, well, I, I bought my car, um, and, uh, I bought my car brand new and, um, that's, that's basically that. And now I'm here. Well, that's, with that's, I love it. I love to hear it. Um, no, I honestly, I feel like that is such an interesting thing for you to get into cars because it's like it did stem from a childhood passion which is like super cool considering at first it was go-karting and now you're more into like the whole like um racing world whether it is with like um formula gosh i'm guys i'm sorry for my yeah yeah, formula one i'm sorry if my terminology is off um for all you car lovers but yeah no it's really crazy that you go from go-karting to all to expanding to all these other racing industries so i think it's i i love seeing you be passionate about that stuff it's very very like breathtaking for me um and i was just i was actually wondering like if you do you think that without your childhood background of being into go-karting and like, um, you know, your dad being a mechanic and all that stuff and then you becoming a mechanic, do you think without that background, would you still be able to get into cars like the way that you're in cars right now? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, the reason for that is I think that um, by having the history and you know, the childhood of, you know, growing up watching, you know, auto racing on TV and following, you know, NASCAR and following Formula One and following like dirt bike racing, all that stuff. I feel like that kind of like, you know, set the backbone of my passions and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I feel like if I would have gotten in later, like in my late teens early 20s yeah um i don't think i would have as much interest as uh as i do now so yeah okay no i could totally see that definitely because like i think the funny thing is that between like me and you whenever we talk about cars because we do talk about it like almost every time that we're together because it's something that's so relevant to both of us every time we talk about it and we talk about like the you know like just car guys car girls uh ricers jdm like by the way we'll all get into that in um the in this episode just in you know just a little mention but whenever we talk about that um i think it's very interesting how you differentiate yourself um between all the other quote-unquote stereotypical car people because the way that you describe your love for you know your car culture is so different compared to all of the <laughs> all of the typical car guys and car girls out there. No offense if you are one of them. I'm just saying because I'm an outside perspective, I can see there is a huge differentiation. And I'm not just saying that because Vince is my boyfriend. I'm just saying that because it's like when you are truly passionate about something that came from a childhood experience and then you get to, you know, make it your own while you grow up versus someone who just kind of jumped in the the industry just because there is a huge difference of how the car performs how the person is and how um they shape car culture in general i don't know if you agree with me vince do you think that's true or no i agree yeah um yeah it's just like um even though somebody can can walk in a, a specific industry later uh it doesn't mean that you know they have no interest um I just think also, though, that people that have been, you know, raised upon an industry, it's, it hits differently, you know, you just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what, and it's, it's a little excessive to some, you know, to, to another person's perspective, but, you know, it's, um, it's kind of like streetwear, it's kind of like, you know, fashion or Mm -hmm. food or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just what you think. No, for sure. Yeah. 
No, for sure. I definitely, I definitely see what you mean. Um, especially, you know, like whenever we go to car meets, which by the way, guys, um, Vince, do you want to explain what a car meet is or a car show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a car meet or a car show, whatever you want to call it. It's basically, it's just like an organization that, um, that people make, um, either through, you know, Instagram DMs or groups, whatever they, they choose to do. And, um, it's, uh, it's an event that everybody gathers around with their, their car, whatever they want to bring. And, um, people just exchange interest on, you know, what they, what they like about it. And it's just like a, it's kind of like a meetup, you know, you meet up your friends and you meet up, um, even family members in the, in the rare occasion. And, you know, it's, it's nice. It's kind of like, uh, backyard barbecue but in a parking lot i guess that's how you explain it pretty much i mean i'll be honest guys like i've i love car meets i um aside from like me going with vince i have gone to a few car meets like without him in my previous lifetime and i've always loved them i think like car culture is super cool and i'm not saying i'm as educated as other people on like the topic of like street cars and like all that good stuff. But I do have a, I also have a small childhood background with cars only because my mom did work at um, Chevy when I was like a young kid. She worked there for like 10 years. And every time I'd go visit for visit her at work, I'd see like a bright red Corvette in the middle of the showroom. And ever since then, I've always loved Corvettes. And I will say the Corvettes and like what Vince is talking about in the car culture are very different, but that's how my childhood like experience expanded and now meeting Vince and like learning from his uh, passions I have a deeper understanding of what he thinks car culture is and that's why I agree with him on so many different levels because um, the way that he sees it is something super passionate and the thing about car meets though is that I feel like Vince like whenever we go to car meets you know it is so fun but we always leave kind of a little disappointed or just a little frustrated only because you know the way that Vince described a car meet is true like it's basically a huge meetup with you know people with the same interests and it's like a it's supposed to be a friendly uh environment where you guys just talk about cars walk around walk your dogs meet up with friends laugh take pictures it's so fun but the ones in Ottawa specifically, I don't know if it's just Ottawa in general. I don't know. Like, you guys have heard me say in previous episodes of my podcast saying, like, there is this, like, whole thing about Ottawa that's, like, a little stingy. Um, I don't know if it's Ottawa in general, but every time we, me and Vince go to – we go to car meets in Ottawa, we always feel like that disappointment because – I don't know. I think, Vince, you could take this. You, I know exactly that you know what I mean when I say Ottawa car meets are just, like, a little – meh because there is this whole like stigma of like oh like my crew is the best your crew is the best um you guys suck I'm lower than you all all this like there's this whole negative energy and like I think Vince like I think we should get into that yeah no for sure it's um it's actually a pretty important topic in um in that industry because well because there's like there's always competition in, you know, in any industry, there's competition and uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's always going to be competition and people wanting to be the best. And um, I feel like for Ottawa and what we have here, it's uh, there's there's like a slight hatred in in whatever the, um, any individual wants to do to their car. Um now, keep in mind, like, when people get into cars, like, there's different, um, you know, there's different levels of experience where, you know, they, they either don't have a lot of money to start off or they're, they're not really, you know, educated on what is right to do and what is not right to do and what is a good modification and what is a useless modification. Um, but it, it's all about personal interest at the end of the day. Um, and I feel like for Ottawa, um, that lacks with, with respecting other builds in a way. Um, although I do think that some people might not be as educated as they <laughs> should be in a way. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to insult anybody, but I feel like, um, 
you know, when you walk into something, you know, and you're really interested and you, you show dedication into, you know, your interests, well, people expect you to know what is good and bad, you know, and what is mm -hmm. right or wrong. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I feel like it's best to like in the subject of modding your car or your bike or whatever it is, I feel like sometimes it's best to wait and, and like save up your money and buy it, buy it the first time, the right time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead, instead of like, you know, like it depends. Like I've done the, I've done this, this mistake. I've done it. Um, when I started with cars, like I, I wanted to mod my car fast and, you know, I wanted to get involved fast into, you know, being like included in the groups and, you know, included in the, the, the market and, and meets and like, there's things like rep wheels and there's things like replica body kits and all that stuff. And, you know, I feel like at a point, everybody kind of falls into, into that category of, you know, saving money, but still making your, but there's a difference where, you know, it would look like the, an identical wheel because it's a replica of a iconic wheel um, or same thing for a body kit or vice versa of, of really anything. So I think people need to, I, f I feel like there should be more education and you know, talking through and not putting down other people, though. I feel like when you put down somebody, then that that's burning fire with fire. You know, like it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't end up well. And no. it kind of ruins the culture itself. I don't know. No, I, I agree with you. And I feel like that's what happened with Ottawa. And like, again, for all you car gurus out there, obviously more educated than I am. Um, every time I go to like a car meet with car meet with you, Vince, I, you know, like I just kind of stand around and like all the all the car people talk amongst each other about like new builds and new new this new that but like, I always catch a vibe of like, negativity and always this quote-unquote one-upping each other and yeah. that's it's like it's not like I'm not saying it's not good but there's like you said there's always this competition which is normal in everyday life competition is very prevalent it's something that I'll, I'll be honest is it is required for someone to continue their life but in the car scene specifically it's just that when you burn fire with fire just like you said when you burn fire with fire it creates this huge pool of competition that's constantly bouncing off of each other, leaving no room for positive reinforcement or just like <laughs> friendly environments. Because whenever you meet strangers at car meets or like, you know, you want to compliment someone's car, it's like you you step out, out of your way to do that. And they kind of like either ignore you, shoot you like this really dirty look or they just say nothing. <laughs> so it's like, this whole negative energy is so frustrating to me. And the only thing that I've realized with all that negative energy is that the people who portray that are the people who are so annoying. I'm sorry if you are one of them, but the people who do that are the ones that will basically tell you to do a burnout in the middle of a full parking lot, which if you don't know what a burnout is, it is what is a burnout, Vince? I, I can't even explain it. <laughs> well, it, it, the name says it itself. It's just like, you know, you, you make your tires spin and, it it at the end of the day it just burns up your tires and it makes smoke and everybody loves that you know no I mean, well yeah that <laughs> Only... the odd person likes that i guess it's okay it's excessively annoying it's like you know like yes cars are loud especially in like this whole like car industry cars are loud that's something that you have to get used to because there's not a quiet like souped up car you'll never find one but cars are loud that's normal but a burnout is not only is it loud it's literally so annoying and so stupid only because it's literally it, usually when it happens it's in the middle of a full parking lot and it's only doing it for attention because they think that they're top shit 
That's what it is. That's what a burnout is. If someone, if you go to a car meet and someone says, yo, man, do burnout. Literally, that yeah. person who told you is someone who probably drives a riced out mosquito noise making car. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Most likely. I'm just saying that's me from a different perspective. Like I'm not physically in the car scene, but you know, my boyfriend is Vince. You are like, you are in the car scene. You know, the ins and outs. I'm literally someone just that's like spectating. And what I see is literally people who do that, which ruins car culture because you know, like me and you Vince, we've watched so many like um, actual car YouTubers who are obviously living in either, you know, BC or LA or like anywhere in California or in the States and their car meets and car like industries and car scenes are so much more um, friendlier and there and there's actual things to talk about and there's actual similar interests being, you know, spewed out from these different individuals. So I feel like when we see that on like online or YouTube, it takes like, so much for us to actually say that we like going to car meets in Ottawa because it's so different and obviously I feel like I I know I'm speaking for the both of us right now and please jump in if you want to correct me because like please do but I feel like whenever we go to car meets we expect something like kind of like what we see in either like LA or like even Japan like that those cool car meets like I feel like we expect that because we hear the word car meet but when we get there it's such a disappointment yeah no I agree um Burnout topic. It's like a end of the day. There's, there's a purpose to a burnout. A burnout, its real purpose is to warm up, you know, your before a drag drag race or even before drifting. You know, that's what a burnout is meant to do. A burnout's meant to be in a parking lot. You know, at Walmart. You know, attracting like. There's there's things and places and you know time there's a time for everything and it's it's you know to do a burnout you know it's it's but it's real purpose there's a purpose for a burnout and it's it's on a track it's not in a parking lot I feel like most um, most people that are enthusiasts. They get a bad name because of people well, that, you know, rev out their cars and people. And it's, it's just like, you know, it's just anybody that's, that's involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought I'd throw that out there. You know, like to the average person would be like, oh, why bring up? Well, an actual purpose for a burnout, but it's it's not in a parking lot. It's so yeah. Yeah. No, I know. But that's the thing. There's like we're gonna get into that like right after our break. But yeah, it's the car culture in Ottawa is very much misconstrued. And I wish it was something like I think me and you, Vince, like we both wish that it was something other than what it is. Um, but we will be right back after our break and we will obviously continue with all of this cool car stuff. Guys, welcome back to our little segment. I hope you guys had a good break. Um, But yeah, we're just going to get back into it because I feel like we were in such a good place of our conversation. And basically, like, um, last we left off was, you know, Vince, you said that the... um, doing a burnout's purpose is actually supposed to be on a track rather than like a parking lot and those individuals who do it on a parking lot kind of ruin like the car scene in Ottawa right so um yeah yeah, like I feel like here I want to throw the term in right now because I feel like you know I feel like you do such a good job defining it and then I will define it afterwards but those people who do burnouts in Walmart parking lots are called what they're called ricers and Vince what is a ricer 
Well, a racer is a, it's a term that's that's used in um, in that industry where it it kind of um, it's kind of making fun of somebody where I, I don't I, I at the end of the day you know nobody nobody likes to be making of you know but like when you get called a racer it's basically because you did it to yourself you know it's like it's it's a term where people think they have a you know a sports car they have you know either either they do have a sports car or they have a regular car that looks like a sports car or they try to make it look like a sports car and um and they failed to do so and it's 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 like just like regular like to the average you know car enthusiast is it's pretty obvious when you when you can spot somebody that riced out their car it's kind of like you know they have excessive mods where you know if you're educated enough you know they're useless and they're not meant to be there and they're not they don't have a purpose they're just meant for aesthetic purposes and they even fail at that you know purpose itself because they don't look good at all so that's that's what a racer is basically yeah I love how you're trying to be so nice to explain what a ricer is because yes okay so you guys this is how cute Vince is he's the sweetest little oh gosh guys I'm in love with him but yes that is basically what a ricer is in um nice terms how I see a ricer okay exactly what Vince said but just okay think about it in this I'm gonna paint you guys a picture you're driving on the road and you see you know a white BMW you know like the regular series I don't I don't I do not care to know what kind of series they are but the typical white sedan BMW you see that okay and then you know you're at the stoplight and you see that this BMW has this big ass wing on the back let's say okay and it's like okay that's already excessive and then even better the guy sticks out his hand with a detachable steering wheel okay you're like okay we're adding up now then you look at the bottom you see these mud flaps okay there's no purpose to that for that car and the best part you guys take off at the green light and the car the bmw beside you makes this awful irritating i wouldn't say like yes it's loud but it's allowed in a very irritating way where it's like it doesn't even sound good obviously everything i just said is an exaggeration but trust me if you know like car parts and cars and just like all that stuff in general you'll know that that's a ricer am i right vince you are absolutely right yes yeah like, obviously, think about it with a grain of salt. Like, it's not going to be that excessive. But next time you're at a stoplight and you see or hear something that's excessively loud, just look at the – honestly, if you're not even that educated, look at the appearance of the car. You'll know immediately what a ricer is and what isn't because it's very, like – it's not hard to spot. Like, if you see a regular da- – like, a daily normal car and it's, like, it has, like, these really, really weird – pictures on it or like it's the wheels don't look proportionate to its body you'll like you'll understand why we're talking about that and why we say that those people are ricers um that being said that kind of goes back to ruining the car scene in ottawa because um if we go back to like going to car meets in ottawa specifically there are many people like that the ones that i just described that kind of ruin the actual event for other people because that's when cops pull up and that's when they shut everything down and that's when (laughs) I hate talking about this one but that's when cops pull over random people that have just like a souped up car without them doing anything that's harming the society or the law and I feel like Vince you can you could talk on personal experience with that with the you know the infamous Ottawa police officer that will not be named who literally pulls over people with souped up cars just because they have a souped up car yeah um, well, before I go, I, I want to say something where um, every everything has a, has steps, right? So every mods for a car has steps where, you know, you start off with step number one and then you finish off at step number 10, you know. And I feel like maybe that's just my opinion, but, you know, other people can, you know, can back me up on that if they agree with 
what I'm about to say is when people start modding their car and they kind of skip steps, you know, they kind of like go right to step number 10 without doing, you know, one till nine. Well, it shows on their car. So, you know, like, like what you said, Viv, with, with your explanation, like a big, a big weighing in the back or a detachable steering wheel, you know, or even mud flaps, you know, those are all, you know, like they're all mods at the end of the day. But the thing is, is how you mod it. It's mm -hmm. when you mod it. Yeah. So, you know, you don't put an enormous wing on your car if your car doesn't have the power to support the wing, you know, and like, yeah. why, do, why, why do you even put the wing on? Do you go to tracks? Yeah. If you go to, if you go to track days to track your car, then yeah, a wing is necessary. But if you just drive down Ennis road, a wing is not necessary. <laughs> Same thing as a detachable steering wheel. Like a detachable steering wheel is meant for, you know, cars that don't have doors. There's cars that are, they don't have doors. The doors are, are welded shut. So the only way to get in the car is through the window. That's why you detach the steering wheel so you have more room to get in the window and in a, in your seat. So, mm -hmm. you know, a detachable steering wheel has a, has a function. There's a reason yeah. why it's there. It's just people skip steps <laughs> and they don't care about starting with wheels or starting with suspension or an mm -hmm. exhaust. And mm -hmm. then they move up, you know, because mm -hmm. if you start up with, if you start with step number one, and then you move up to step number five, and then, you know, gradually, your car is going to look good. It's going to look yeah. fine. Yeah. But if you neglect the steps, then that's when you get made fun of. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you're called a ricer because, like, you don't put a white body on a car with stock wheels, you know, like, it just doesn't look right. You put no. a white body on a car with three-piece wheels or extremely large one-piece wheels or two-piece wheels, you know, that, that's, that looks good because mm -hmm. it fits the body kit. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's steps for everything. And that's when people skip them. That's when they get made fun of. But what was the question again? I, I, I got <laughs> lost off track here. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I don't, me losing track as well. Cause I'm getting lost in your words. Cause I agree with everything you said. And I literally want to, um, talk about that more but oh my question was like I was gonna ask you like because of all everything that you literally just said as well oh. um because of like the ricers uh that we see in Ottawa that kind of ruined the car scene it kind of uh, like it kind of um activates this whole like police thing that they're more on alert when they see someone with a souped up car even if let's say that souped up car is following every single regulation in the book um but they they'll randomly pull you over just because you have a souped up car and i was asking if you like talk about your personal experience with oh, yeah. um, a specific officer that will not be named in this episode but if you are a car person or if you you know you know the car scene you know exactly who i'm talking about so um yeah i was gonna ask you if you could talk about that personal experience yeah well the officer um, that everybody knows, um, and if you don't know, well, you'll most likely know if you're involved in this situation, you know, in this situation or this uh, industry, especially in Ottawa. But anyways, um, yeah, so, you know, I'm just cruising down Ennis Road after dropping you off, Viv, at your house, you know, after a date. Um, this was last year, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm just cruising down in this road. It was, it's like 11 PM and following the limit, I was, uh, I was at the stoplight. So I was, I wasn't even moving. Um, and then I started, you know, my light turned green and I turned left to go to my house and, um, and I just started accelerating, you know, going, well under the speed limit you know i have to accelerate but and uh you know this cop pulls me over and at the moment i was a little confused because i didn't know why because i i literally was at a stop and then i started going you know i wasn't you know speeding or i put my turn signal everything was done correctly there's nothing wrong but it's the fact that you know i was uh 
20-year-old guy driving a sports car and, you know, it was a little louder than in the regular car and, you know, that cop took advantage of that and, you know, gave me a fine. But, like, like I said, it's, it's people that, you know, if, if, um, if we'd all, you know, be mature and drive around like a, like a regular person and, you know, then we wouldn't have this issue. And, you know, hundreds of people wouldn't have this issue, especially within this, this officer, you know, because I'm not the only one, but, uh, guys, but, yeah. there's a, there's a freaking Facebook page that is dedicated to this cop with the car community. And they always post in the Facebook page saying, Oh, be careful on Pinecrest road or be careful on St. Joseph. Like, this officer is going to be there today. It's, yeah. Like, it's he's notorious. He's notorious for ticketing guys with, like, a modded car. And, like, again, Vince, like, whenever you tell that story to me, I get so angry because it's, like, I understand that in the world there are so many racers who obviously love drag racing on Innis Road who are excessively loud for no goddamn reason who are just annoying we all we all know those people but like the thing is the reason and like the underlying passion behind all of that ricerness or that excessiveness is just a very uneducated love for car culture right so like it all stemmed from the same interest and unfortunately the people who are ricers kind of ruined that for everyone else in the car community who just wants to drive like a normal human being but with like a really cool car because every time you have a cool car that's you know you're following the speed limit you're doing you're not even you're not doing anything that's harming anyone the society or the law but you still get pulled over that is an issue that is a huge issue and it just pisses me off all the time because like myself I am trying to get into the car culture like I told Vince many times I'm like when I have enough money you know when I'm more educated I want a pink Sylvia I think I would say I don't know if I want like an S14 I kind of like the pop-up headlights but you know anything anything that's in the um JDM uh, era, which by the way, we will also get into in this episode. But yeah, like I want to get into the car culture myself. But whenever I hear that, you know, all these normal people who were driving normally on Innis Road or whatever, they get pulled over and they get ticketed on three accounts just for having a cool car is literally beyond me. It's like, to be honest, on the cops part, I feel like they're literally doing nothing with their job. Like, why don't you go stop someone who actually is speeding? Why don't you go stop someone who actually has DUI? Like, why don't you go stop someone for an actual purpose rather than ticketing a young person or even an old person? Because there are oldies who are in the car culture, which I absolutely adore. We love the maturity. But why don't you go stop someone else other than someone who's interested in like a souped up car? Because like, you're not doing anything with your job. You're just wasting your time. I don't know. I feel like that would maybe a little be a, a little bit aggressive, but I feel like just in general, this the whole cops versus car community is so stupid to me. Like the people in the car community who made cops do that to them, you're stupid. Cops who just pull over people just because they have a random like a, a souped up car, you're also stupid. That's just me though. I agree. Like, like what else? Like it's just dumb to me. Like. If you know a cop is like the the daily definition of a cop is someone who is to serve and protect like the community, right? What yeah. are you serving and protecting the community of if you're pulling someone over for just having a souped up car? What? Yeah. Like what are you doing? You're not doing anything for your community. You're wasting your job. I yeah, you, it, I agree. It literally, it, you know, it's funny, guys. Me and Vince had this conversation yesterday, and I like quickly added it to my notes. I'm like, we have to talk about this when we're recording. It is crazy because it's such a big problem, and like, I feel like that's why every time we go to a car show, car meet, whatever you want to call it, and we see a cop, me and Vince, we both get this like wave of just exhaustion and just like, like furiousness because like the cops don't have to be there if it weren't for some specific people in the car community. Yes, totally. It's it's ridiculous. Um, but on a more happier note, I did mention that we'll talk about like JDM and what it is. And I feel like Vince, you're the perfect person to talk about this because I know how much and how passionate you are about just about like just the whole car scene in Japan and just Japanese uh, automotive industries. So yeah, go off. Tell me, tell me what you think. 
So, well, JDM. JDM stands for Japanese Domestic Market. And um, there's different, you know, there's, it's kind of like uh, every industry has, you know, different sectors within that industry. Well, JDM is like one of those sectors. There's KDM, there's American Muscle, there's European Cars, you know. Um, I think that's it there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's like... Um, um, I, I mostly prefer JDM. Um, that's just my, you know, my personal preference. But, um, yeah, anything that's uh, that's involved within Japan. And um, I think more it's because of, you know, Japanese manufacturers, car manufacturers, they, they tend to focus on um, preciseness and they tend to focus on, you know, evolving um every part to its maximum capabilities you know with without you know neglecting uh displacement so what i basically you know just said is uh japanese car manufacturers they they want to keep everything small and light and make a good amount of power uh as opposed to you know american uh, manufacturers they prefer on bigger engines you know making a little bit more power but i feel like they might not have as much you know handling you know and you know um lightness to them too so that's just me you know i i don't mind having not as the most amount of power that's not really what i i you know strive for i obviously I obviously don't because I drive a Toyota 86, you know, everybody thinks that car's slow, which is fine to them. I, I enjoy the power band in that car. I think it's, it suits the car, uh, especially when you take it onto a track because that car is not meant to go on a straight line. It's meant to take corners, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's just me. That's just my, my opinion. So I prefer, I prefer Japanese, you know, car manufacturers, because because of that because of the efficiency they provide no, yeah I, for sure and like um before even knowing you vince like i knew like obviously like we all know what japanese cars are we have the toyota we have nissan what else is there um give me i my well, main ones are toyota, toyota nissan honda acura yeah uh, mazda um you know there's um, datsun which is a diff- division of nissan there's a lot, um, yeah. but those are the main ones, I would say. Yeah, for sure. the typical ones that we see, especially just in Ottawa, because obviously our car scene is a little lackluster. We see like Toyotas a lot. We see Hondas. We see Nissans. And I just in general, I do prefer the JDM um, cars just in general. And like, I'm not even going to explain like the the actual in-depth um, purposes be- like you because I'm not educated on it, but just like looks wise if i'm talking about oh what car looks best i think a japanese car would look better than let's say a beamer or an audi or i hate to say this one too but even a mercedes like it just the looks of it because i have a specific style i like very old looking cars i I think they're just classic and they're amazing um with that being said i also do like american muscle because there are a few that are very classic to me just for example like an old like a 1950s cadillac or even like a 1950s corvette those are extremely classy to me as well but like just looks wise jdm has a specific look that makes the car not look like how to explain this it makes the car look elevated but also it's so it's such a humble elevation that people are like oh like you drive a honda but like how come it's so like I don't know, good. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of um, appreciation, but also it's that kind of reaction to the car. Yeah. So I, I like JDM too. I think it's I think it's better than specific European cars. And just, just in general, I will say there's this always this, the funny thing about people who drive European cars, especially European luxury. There's always people who drive like the Mercedes or a Beamer and Audi who literally, I'm sorry to say this, if you are one of them, I apologize. But at the same time, check your driving there's always these people who drive these european luxuries who literally do not know how to drive i'm sorry it's it's true yeah i agree like every time me and vince we go to a parking lot we see a beamer how far are they over the hump of the sidewalk 
they're extremely over. They're about to scrape the bottom of their car or they already have. And whenever we're at a stoplight, if we're beside like a Mercedes and, you know, Vince is driving his Toyota 86, the Mercedes will probably look at Vince and he'll literally go like step on the gas, accelerate and make that stock Mercedes noise just to say, look at me. I drive a Mercedes. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, every every car enthusiast has their own, you know, little, you know, personality and attitude. And I feel like the European cars have their own thing. The American cars have their own thing. Same with the Japanese cars. They all have, like, their own preference or, you know, way to express themselves. And I guess that's how European drivers express themselves i mean <laughs> i don't want to be mean but I, I it's pretty constant like it's 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 pretty accurate what uh what you said viv so i'm just uh, saying yeah. like and it's yeah. like you don't have to be like into the car scene to know that like the next time you drive beside a like just a regular bmw or a regular like black mercedes or whatever you'll know what I'm talking about. It's just there. I feel like when people think that they drive a luxury car, there is this immediate cockiness to that person and they make it so visible in public that they drive that car. And, you know, again, like you said, Vince, maybe it's just a European car personality, right? Because there is that luxury of having these very luxurious um, European cars or whatever. Maybe it's just that, but. I, yeah. I don't know, like, if you've seen Vince on the road, or if you've seen me and him on the road, like, you know that Vince drives, like, very normally, like, no, like, people try to challenge him on the road, Vince just kind of overlooks, and he's like, um, I'm good, like, not his cup of tea, um, and yeah, like, I feel like, I feel like just, you know, for the, for the general public out there, for my listeners, just be aware of, like, what you see on the road, and if you are one of those people, just uh, take it down a notch because like at the end of the day, yes, you drive a very like a hundred thousand dollar car or whatever. I don't know the price, but like, why do you want to like, why do you want to make it known? You know, just drive it casually. Like, congratulations. You have a luxury, luxurious car. Drive it the way that, you know, it's, it's suitable for you, but also suitable for other people on the road. Just be aware. Yeah. I mean, like if we're talking about European you know, cars, um, I, to, you know, to the furthest extent, I do think that, um, European cars don't have much reliability, you know, that, that on itself, they're, they're pretty not, they're not very reliable. Um, and it's sad to say, but it's like somebody that invests in, you know, like other Mercedes and Audi or a BMW, you know, they, they put their money in that and they expect, you know, to, you know, to have no issues because, Hey, it's a BMW. Like they don't have issues or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a Mercedes. Like this is a luxury vehicle. You know, it shouldn't have any issues because, you know, brand new, it's worth a lot, but I only paid Mm -hmm. 3000 bucks for it. So it should be fine. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it most likely never turns out to be that case. Um, it's, it's like, that's one of the reasons why I prefer Japanese cars because they have that reliability and the efficiency, you know, yeah. it's like the engineering that took, that they took to make sure that those cars could last, you know, 500,000 kilometers is, you know, realistic, it's real, you know, and it's yeah. been proven multiple times. Like, how how many Honda Civics do you see? Well, I, I've seen, you know, maybe to the average car person, you know, they would pay attention to that stuff, but the other yeah. person would not. But yeah, I see a lot of Honda Civics driving around and they got 350,000 kilometers on it and they're still going. Yeah, they're not stopping. Yeah. You know, you do your you do your regular maintenance, your oil changes, your brakes, you know. Yeah. Maybe your undercoating too because of rust or whatever, but those those cars don't go. They don't let go because no, of don't. the engineering, you know. Yeah. It's just But yeah, it's um, you know, 
European cars kind of lack on that, I yeah. think. Oh, um, no, you're right. Because, like, yeah. I there's this always this ongoing joke about how Mercedes are, like... <laughs> They're, like, people say that they're programmed to break down because, like, if you know a Mercedes driver or you if you have a Mercedes uh, yourself, you know that your car has broken down at least once. And that happens to every single Mercedes driver that I have seen or that I, I've known in my life. So I think, you know, Vince, you, you, you say things with logic, especially with, like, how the car is made and the reliability with JDM. So, no, I definitely agree with you. Like, full force, definitely agree with you. Um and yeah, like guys, I really hope you guys like today's episode. And before we end off, Vince, I want to know what is your dream car? Well, I have more than one, but top, the car the that top one. The top one is an Acura NSX. Ooh, clean, um, fucking you guys thing, can bro. Go- yeah, you guys can Google <laughs> that if you don't know what it looks like. But um, I kind of like more of the pop-up headlights. Um, yes. That's like in the nineties uh the early 2000s they came out with like the actual headlight fixed on the bumper but i like more of the 90s with the pop-up lights yeah Um, that's the that's the car that i was playing around with on gran turismo you know gran turismo 4 on my playstation 2 that's uh that's the car that i always (laughs) always dreamed upon that's my dream car what's yours viv Mine, oof. Like I said, I would love a pink uh, Sylvia. If you don't know what it is, it's by Nissan. They don't make those anymore. I would like an S14. I think little pop-up headlights just like you would be super cute. I love old-styled cars. But, you know, I think that's actually my main one. I don't think I have another one. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with a Nissan Sylvia. If you guys don't know what that is, look it up. And I'll add you another little piece of your homework. Look up a rose gold pink Nissan Sylvia. That is my dream car. And yeah, guys, I um, I really hope you guys liked today's episode. It was so fun for me to record. I got to record with my own boyfriend. So I think it was really awesome, especially it was about um, a topic that he thoroughly enjoys. And I love whenever he talks about this stuff because I love seeing him so passionate about something. And yeah, like it, it was really fun for me to record with him. And Vince, I hope you really like being on my podcast. Um, I know how proud you are of me. So yeah. Um, it was I awesome. Really... I enjoyed every minute of it. Yay! That's That makes me so, so, so happy. So guys, I really hope you guys liked today's episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear um, more episodes in the future. <laughs>